happy happy wednesday welcome back to another information packed episode on ready set real estate it is a rainy day in southern california or wherever you are i mean what's going on with this rain like i mean my curls have been getting wet and it's supposed to be spring spring equinox and it's raining like cats and dogs all right so we've got a great show ahead of you say hi say hello make sure you drop a comment down below if you're new to me say welcome 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 my name is lisa gillette also known as your host and ceo broker owner of devenio estates that's our brokerage our real estate brokerage here serving our california clients i have much excitement to share um, a couple things before I do that. I do have a special guest. So today we're doing a guest. We've got a guest on the show. In fact, I was like waiting for him to pop up. So I see he popped up. <laughs> I see he popped up. I will add him to our stream shortly. I just want to do announcements, of course. You know the price of admission. So we're going to give some wonderful gems, real estate gems, hashtag real estate gems, tips, things you should be doing, things you should be looking out for. The great thing about today's show, you will be on live with a loan specialist, right? Someone who is licensed and I've always disclaimed, right? I don't do loans. I touch on it, but I'm always deferring to go speak to your licensed, reputable lender partners regarding your specific situation. So this is going to be a very fun and timely discussion as you and all have been riding with me and watching this market. And so here we can talk about the nuances, the misconceptions. We're going to get to bust some myths along the process. So I'm excited about today's show. So I'm really, really excited. Okay. So of course, make sure you're writing down your 2023 goals. We are now in, oh my gosh, couple days, couple days. First quarter is over. First quarter's ended, and I trust you are making strides to execute the bigger plan, the bigger dream, okay? Um, of course, I do want to give disclaimer. Like I said, I do have a guest today, but of course, the information on the show is not meant to be tax or legal advice or legal or tax advice. Please consult and seek licensed, reputable professionals regarding your specific situation and or scenario. And of course, I did say I am an active licensed broker, owner, professional. And so I get to talk and touch on the real estate aspect and, and I'm live, live, like I actively do it. And so I think that's kind of what makes it a bit special is because we get to talk about the current changes as it relates to the laws of the land and how to buy and sell real estate uh, currently in this market. Um, I do want to do show announcements. Okay, so let's do show announcements especially while we are touching on having today's guest, Alfred Tovar. I'm going to say that way, right? He's Alfred Tovar. Uh, he's my Latino brother. And uh, I'm so excited to have him on the show because he's been making, he's been making waves. This young man here has been making waves. And I am very, very uh, impressed and I admire him. So uh, it's twofold. I, 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 you can be inspiring. And you can be inspired. And I think that's that's a good place to be in life. Uh, so we're going to delve on multifamily investing. And again, he's 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 got a background, not only in investing, but also lending. And so he's going to love on us today and share 
uh, his insights as well. Okay, so make sure you say hi, hello, press one down below in the comments. Let me know you're here. Press two lets me know you shared it. Sharing is caring. And of course, I do want to remind you all that we are having at last, right? We are having our next. We already knocked out our first real estate class. Thank you for those of you who showed up, signed up. We just had it. So consumer community classes are fourth Saturdays of the month. April has five Saturdays. So we are going live on April 22nd. I'll bring that back again for you. So I'm going to pause it right there. Boom. So we are going to kick off our second community workshop. And it's going to be touching on, yes, how to buy foreclosed properties in the arena or realm of new laws. There are new laws that went into effect January 2023 and it sunsets 2026. Meaning if you're a first time buyer, you're a nonprofit organization, owner occupant, you only have three years. Let me do it this way. Three years, right? You'll have three years. How many? How many for the people in the back? Three years to take advantage of this law that will allow you to snatch up a property from an investor with no overbids. <gasps> Can you say game changer? Yes. So stay tuned for that. How do you register, right? Of course, great question. So I do want you to go to my link tree because we are going to finalize the flyer and all that fun stuff in the links. But if you just wanna be added to the classes, just go to my link tree. And I have a form. I didn't, I'm just asking for a name, phone, and email. Price of admission, even though this stuff is free, right? Name, phone, and email so that I can contact you and email you and say, hey, workshop's coming up. We'll see you Saturday at 10. I want to thank our host sponsor, Southwest Escrow Corporation, and our sponsor partners. And if you're interested in sponsoring one of our workshops, reach out to me. We welcome all your goodies, your business cards, your flyers your juices, snacks, and lunches <laughs> so that we can make this possible for our communities and our neighbors. All right. With that being said, without further ado, I am happy to present Alfred Tovar. Now, we're talking about someone who is passionate, okay? This is, this is not just your roundabout way, like, hey, I stumbled and I'm just figuring it out. This is someone who is passionate. So Alfred has been active in the real estate world since 2014. He began his career as a loan officer assistant. So you hear that? He started where he needed to start. And he then quickly rose through the ranks be before becoming an independent mortgage broker. So he started as an assistant. For those of you who've been saying to me, Lisa, I want to get into real estate, but I don't know how. I don't know what to do. Alfred is on and you can kind of learn and hear uh, various ways to start in real estate. You just don't have to just, you know, meet thousands of dollars to jump in, right? Make your way, build your way up. So now eight years later, he's helped hundreds of families build wealth through home ownership. And this is my favorite part, even helped many break into the world of investing through acquiring multifamily properties and commercial buildings. Alfred is also passionate about advocating for entry-level housing. Start where you are. Start where you are. So we're going to focus on that today in today's discussion. He serves as the president, current president of the, of the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, the LA South Bay Chapter. So that's NAREP, LA South Bay Chapter. 
And Narit's mission, and I think this, you've probably heard me share uh, uh, as a snippet of Narit once upon a time. And so I once upon a time was uh, one of the uh, advisors. I was uh, sitting on the board and of the same chapter, in fact. <laughs> and so Nara's mission is to advocate sustainable, keywords, sustainable Hispanic homeownership. Alfred's ultimate goal is to help as many possible in the pursuit of the American dream while continuing to fight for entry-level housing for future generations. Without further ado, Alfred, welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. I am excited. Can you tell I'm excited to have you? Oh, I'm extremely excited to be here. I've been a fan of this um, podcast for quite some time. I mean, I, I, I try to jump in and, and comment every time I, I'm able to uh, log in while you're live. So the fact that I get to be a guest today, I'm extremely excited about it. Woo woo. So great. Um, there's there's a lot of going on in your life, a lot of newness. So I first want to say congrats to being new dad. So um, so newly married, new dad. So how, are you on your third anniversary? Yes. See, third I anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> I do. We had our third anniversary in February. Our daughter turned one on Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're still adjusting to the new life as parents. Yes. Uh, not so I think we, we, we're pretty used to each other. Um, we've been together for a long time, but yeah. the, Married life is different. Things do change when you get married. So, and then things very much do change once you become parents. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you're, you're experiencing all of that. I would say, so it's so funny as we, I mean, I can go different directions with this discussion today, but feel free to lead me. Okay. So mm -hmm. I, I, when I have my guests on, I become the student and mm -hmm. I want to listen. So, um, and when I say this is what popped up as we, we kicked off with relationships. And there's been this like meme or this TikTok going around about um, talking about you shouldn't be dating if you your FICO is less than 640 or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you shouldn't be dating. And so here you are, family man, um, but you've kind of, you've brought a portfolio to the table, right? You've brought not just, hey, it's me, Alfred. It's me, Alfred, in business. It's me. You, you, you take it from there. Talk to us about dating and, you know, just building that, that planning for the, for your future. Like you have baby and most discussions I'm having right now with my clients are, you know, planning for the living trust, planning for, I just had this discussion this morning with a dear client and friend of mine who is like generational wealth, just thinking like, I got a kid. Right. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Okay. So there's, um, I, I grew up, I, I guess you could say with a traditional mindset. Okay. Um, I wanted to be like most of the people in my family. I mean, mm -hmm. my aunts and uncles and the majority of my cousins, um, married, you know, their first significant other, right? The, whoever it was from high school is the person they married. It was the same thing for me. My, my, my wife is, is, was my high school sweetheart yeah so um i believe in in building something together so mm -hmm. i did own property prior to becoming married but i did it with the help 
of my wife. My wife was still my my supporter. Love um, not necessarily just financially, but she she was there to kind of help me when it was time to take a risk, and you know to help me kind of give me that little push to do what I what it is that I wanted to do. So I believe um, that because I, I see those memes too, and and I hear people talking too, and and so many people that are in my age group, when I talk to them, their whole thing is, I'm not going to get married until I'm established. I'm not going to get married until I own my own home. I'm not going to get married until I'm rich. Well, that's not a bad idea too, but I, I believe in building something together because we get joy together in our success. And that's what, what my, my wife Hannah and I have been able to do. We, we kind of celebrate each other's wins, right? right? And so she's, she's my... She's my support system now. I mean, she's a she's a stay-at-home mom. She's busy raising our 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 daughter, but she's my support system. Whenever I have a problem, whenever I'm stressed out with tenants, whenever I, uh, you know, you get a surprise expense as a landlord, or you know, when the real estate market turns and business slows down, um, she's my support system that kind of just keeps me happy. Reminds me we've accomplished a lot. It's okay to take a little break. It's okay to take a breather. It's okay. So I think um, um, one thing that um, a lot of young people are forgetting is that we can't do things alone. Um, when you, um, I, I was in college and I had a professor. I'll never forget him just because of this one sentence. His name was Dr. Obazwaye. Um, he was my political science teacher. This was at Cerritos College still. This mm -hmm. was before, before um, going to ASU. Um, Cerritos College, he was a professor of political science, and he said, you need a partner on your journey. You need a partner on your journey. And that stuck with me. I couldn't, I, from, I was 18 when I heard him say that. And that was what helped me understand that, that, um, I, I I like that and and don't don't be afraid when I make when I spotlight you because I oh. I think you're making a point here that no one needs to really look at my face but <laughs> your message <laughs> no don't worry I was trying to get to what he what it made me feel is um for me I I was already with my wife she was my girlfriend at the time when he said that to me and it made it just abundantly clear. Mm. And I was already blessed with the partner. Yes. I was going to be my rock. And so I supported her through college. She supported me through college. Well, now I'm barely finishing my degree because I was so focused on taking care of us while she went to school. So right. um, she supports me now that I am in school, finishing up what I, what I got to finish up, right? So, yeah. you know, we've talked a little bit off there about what my goals are. Yeah. So, um, I, I believe that you need a partner and that doesn't necessarily mean a romantic relationship always, you know, but yes. someone that you can lean on. Like I, like if, if you have a friend, that's your best friend, that's going to be the person you build something with. You could do that. If you are super close to your siblings and you want to build something with your siblings, you can do that, but you, you can't do it alone. I, I, me personally, I honestly can't stand when people are like, I did this by myself. Like, no, you didn't. There's, yeah. there's, there's always somebody there because you, you're going to learn like my craft mortgage. I can say I'm an independent mortgage broker now, but somebody taught me. That's right. That I could become independent and I will always acknowledge those people. I didn't, I did not do any of it by myself. First of all, the hunger to be successful came from my parents pushing me. So right there, I have to acknowledge them. The, 
idea of trying to be a better man every day comes from my wife being such a loving person. Um, the thought of me wanting to serve my community eventually, right, um, which we talked about off the air is my, my, my goals of, of serving my community. Mm -hmm. um, it came from my friends who were doing the same thing, right, serving their community. So I thank them. Um, and then the inspiration to just be a servant overall comes from me, you know, for me, it comes from, from God, because mm -hmm. I'm Christian and I, be I believe in that, I believe in Jesus, right? So um, there's always someone that I can look up to, and there's always someone that I can learn from. And that's how I know that I'm not alone in, in this journey. And I feel like that's a big thing that's going on in my generation, is that everybody thinks you have to do it by yourself, or you have mm -hmm. to accomplish this first before you can go into anything else. And no, I think that you can find your your wolf pack if you have a wolf pack, or you can find your or you can find your your significant other or that one best friend that you can lean on. But you you got to know that you're not going to do it by yourself. And the sooner you accept that you you need people, um, the the sooner you start to climb that ladder of success faster. I I really I really appreciate that you're sharing the different partnerships. Like it doesn't have to be romantic. Mm -hmm. I was recently reading a headline that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon shared a bank account in high school. Now they're best friends and they've written movies, made movies, acted together, and they're still doing a thing. Great. And that's a partnership, right? That's them saying, we have this mutual interest and passion and not do it alone. Like, hey, what if we put it together? I think that has been... One of the challenges I think for me personally that I've had to learn, um, I've had to learn it the the longer and the harder way is if you make the wrong decision in partnerships, right? So you fortunately have made you know it worked. It's working. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about that though because there is there is there's always like an. Um, well, that okay. I'm gonna be very sensitive with this topic because you know how you know. <laughs> um, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, and that's why you set you set provisions. And right. me, it's like although I love you, um, and and and, and I'll, I'll be very careful. I, I would say in marriage, you do got to be very careful with who you choose, right? Yes. And you also got to be very careful with the family you're marrying into because you marry the family too. That's, an, that's another conversation for yeah. <laughs> maybe another <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> but but um, I think the, the key is, is to make sure that the intentions are clear from the beginning. And like mm -hmm. in a partnership, especially, like I've had a partnership with people that I trust, um, you know, with, with my life. I trust them. Yeah. But still we have, you know, uh, we set our intentions clear by putting them in writing. And by making it just abundantly clear what the goals are, what the objectives mm -hmm. are, and how we're going to get there. Um, and I think that that's the case now. In marriage, it's a little bit of a different topic because, you know, when you talk about those provisions, it's a premarital agreement. And it could be, you know, sticky situation for some people. Um, you know, I feel like as in the professional world, it's not so much of a sticky thing to have a, a premarital agreement or even a postmarital agreement. Um, but I do think that when you are a business owner, it is important to protect um, your business. So if you are a business owner and you haven't got married, you know, you might consider those 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 things. Um, or if you are a 
business owner that's looking to partner to scale and grow your business, or if you're a person that's looking to build a business, but you want help with that business and you're going to partner with somebody, think about those things as well. Because yeah, sometimes things don't work out and that's okay. So I don't want to say have an exit strategy because I don't, I don't like to think about it that way. What I like to think about it is as a setting, just setting provisions to make sure that everybody wins. I like that. Um, and, and you were very, and, and it's me learning this about you. You're like me, you're very intentional with your words. And I know you could have said, you could have said that a whole different way. It would have sounded really painful and harsh. So to you and to what my dear friend and sister Claudia has said, love to see such professionalism in Alfred Tovar giving hope to our community. Si se puede. I love Claudia. So um, let's talk about, because there were two things that jumped out at me when you shared about your partnership and relationship and supporting one another. Mm -hmm. So you said together you were able to purchase your property. Um, did you take it? What, what programs at the time, if any, you took advantage of? And like, what was the inspiration? I heard here parents, of course likely pushing you along the way, but what would you say to those that don't come from that, right? Don't come from that support system mm -hmm. and is listening to a show like this where we really try to give it to them straight up. Like, yeah, no I, love that. I love that. <laughs> so I became a loan officer very young. Um, my parents, my, my, my parents are, are very supportive of everything that I do. However, my parents are very much play it safe kind of Latinos, you know, they've lived in the same home since 1998. Um, they've, they've, they've invested money in other properties, but they've never like upgraded their life. Like they kept it very simple, mm -hmm. um, very play it safe. Um, and I love my parents, but I didn't want to be that way. Okay. And so watching them do that, I kind of talked, I would talk to my mom and I told her, I want to get into real estate. And she worked in real estate. My mom works in escrow, by the way. Okay. Um, so she was like, it's, it's hard, it's not easy. And, and she was very like, I don't want to say she was trying to discourage me, but she was just trying to make me aware that it wasn't a walk in the park, how people made it seem. And I was like, I, I know, like, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. And I became an assistant. I still had my full-time job. I became an assistant. And then I was like, I, I kind of want to quit my job and do this full-time. She's like, okay, but remember, you're not getting paid. Like you only get paid if you close, it's going to take a long time to close. You're not going to make money. And I was like, Okay, and, and I understood that it, it was my mom, you know, speaking from experience, like watching her friends the, during the crash of, you know, the 2008s, 2009s, you know, hearing those horror stories of people that were drowning in debt and that didn't know that there was hope for them. So then, you know, there were a lot of like suicides, those things that she would hear yes. about. So the, all, of, all of those things were kind of, I, I don't want to say they made her scared, but they just made her, you know, just wanted to have me think twice about it before I did it. And so I ultimately took the leap of faith. I quit my full-time job, came into this business full-time. And within a year after that, I was maybe 19 years old when I, when I did that, I decided that I wanted to become an investor. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, the goal, the reason I came into mortgage, because I wanted to be in real estate, but the reason I went into mortgage is because I wanted to know how to qualify for loans, for investment properties. It was the very, I was very intentional with that because I always knew what my dream was, which is what I'm going to school for now. But I needed, I also wanted to, in, in the profession that I dream of being in, 
you don't really make a lot of money. So I wanted financial freedom. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to do real estate, build financial freedom, and then go do that later in life, you know, but still while I'm young. Right. So I was doing real estate and, and I was looking and I, I learned how to qualify and I was like, okay, but there has to be a way for me to acquire multifamily properties because I knew that that's where I was going to build passive income is by having rental units. I was like, what programs exist? So then I started studying, doing the work, and 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 I found um, the home, the Freddie Mac's Home Possible and Fannie Mae's Home Ready. That was the program that existed back then. Now it has it changed in 2019, but back then you were able to buy multifamily properties five percent down. Um, and it was a conventional loan, so that meant that you only had to live in the property for six months, and then you could qualify again. So that is how I acquired my very first property. My very first property was a duplex in Watts. Um, for that one, at first, I had a partner. Oh, I- hold on. I'm going to pause you right there because yeah. the people in the back didn't hear where you purchased your duplex. Oh, it was a duplex in Watts. In Watts. Yes. W a t t s. W a t t s. Watts. Watts, right? Uh, what? Yeah. What is it? Nine zero 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 three or zero <laughs> one? <laughs> right. I mean, because l- l- listen, listen, Alfred. Uh, some folks are struggling with. I don't want to live there. You know, folks are struggling. I don't want you know rentals there. Rent is rent. Passive income is passive income. <laughs> passive income is passive income. So look, let me tell you, when I was going to buy that property, I actually kept it a huge secret because I know my mom would have flipped if she found out <laughs> that I was buying in Watts and that I was good. That I'm, I'm a small guy. I'm a small guy. I'm very thin. I'm very petite, you know, and I was going to be going to Watts by myself to collect rents, <laughs> you know, so I, and, and I just knew that it was going to be bad to tell her so i didn't tell her and the problem was that i had money in a bank account that my mom had access to because i opened opened a bank account when i was in high school you know and you need a parent on there and i just never took her off i was now an adult but i never took her off so she's on this bank account that has all this money that i need to use to buy this property so what i did was i convinced my friend to loan me money so that i can use the money that i had in another bank account and his money and i said and i'll put you on title with me and then i'll pay you out later like we'll yeah, refine i'll, I'll pay you out, out. yeah and so <laughs> that's what we did <laughs> and we got that property and then uh six months later i was ready to buy again i had wow. closed more deals i was saving my commissions now this is the one key that i'll tell people my first job ever was i was a teller at a bank and i was making 800 bucks a month because i was part-time um when I moved up and I, and I got another job, a full-time job, and when I got into real estate and started making a lot of money, I still lived like I was making $800 a month because mm. I was focused on the goal of being able to invest. I was never going to be able to invest if I started just spending all my money. I had to be disciplined in my spending. So that was the hard part, um, you know, being a young kid, making money. I mean, every young kid that I know in real estate that makes money, the first thing they do is they go get a nice car or they go start um, buying expensive things or they go on vacations. And and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is if you have a bigger dream, focus on the bigger dream first. So that's what I did. And that was the, and that was where I knew that I was with the right person because my wife was extremely supportive of that. We didn't go on expensive dates. We didn't go on expensive trips. 
our, our, our luxury was we had Disney passes and we would go to Disneyland and that was our only expense. Everything else was, was going towards the dream of having passive income. So it was going towards buying um, multifamily property. Six months later, I purchased a triplex in Maywood. Mm. Um, 5% down, right? right? Six months later, I purchased a triplex in LA, 5% down. By the third building, I was able to do it completely by myself. The second building, it, it because of the sentimental value too, because it's actually the building where my mom grew up wow. um, that they hadn't been allowed to go into for you know 20 something years. So when I saw that that was for sale, that one was more of a sentimental buy, but I knew it would also make sense in the future. So we bought it and I put my mom with me on that one because I also like, I was making money, but you know how it goes when you're on, uh, when you're 1099, your expenses, so then yep. you, you you know, so my net income wasn't yeah. where it needed to be. So let me let me just highlight that um, to what you're saying. So because I, I want people to really get the full scope of what you're sharing. So talking that. about yeah. discipline, living on a budget, and you know, I love that idea as an annual pass, and say this is our enjoyment. That this was our that was our date night. That was our date night. We would go to Disneyland Fridays, Saturdays. We had the premium pass so that we were able to go whenever without blackout dates. That was my big investment. And it was like 60 bucks a month each pass back then. Now it's more expensive, yeah. but it was like 60 bucks a month each pass. And I, I did it that way because I, I was trying not to liquidate my bank account. I was trying to keep it full of money yeah. so that when the opportunities came up, I was able to jump on them. Right. And that's what we were able to do. So that's what I mean when, when I talk about partnership and relationship is you have to find a partner that supports you. Doesn't always mean that they're going to support you with money because she wouldn't really contribute money. But the way she supported me is by not making me spend money because, you know, in the modern day now, it's like, oh, you got to take me to this expensive restaurant. You got to take, and I told her like, I I want to do all of those things for you because I want you to feel special, but I need you to understand the vision, and and I need you to understand that this is for us in the future. Wow. And and you know, people would try to turn her, you know, uh, against me for that, like, or try to make it seem like she like like she shouldn't be with me because of that. And I told her like, no, I promise, like I'm gonna, we're gonna stay together. But this is this is just the plan because you know people said that he's just trying not to spend money on you. He's trying to just have it easy. And and I was like, no, it was that I I believed in the bigger picture. And well, now you know she gets to she gets the privilege of being able to stay home and raise our daughter because we don't want anybody else raising our daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And and she gets to stay at home. We have a beautiful home, right? And in, in the really nice side of our neighborhood, right? Yeah. And she. She has it. We remodeled it. We made it exactly how she wanted. She got to design it however she wanted. She gets that luxury now because she made that sacrifice with me. Of we're not going to go on vacation. We've never been to Europe like all of our friends. We've never been, you know, we we've yeah. never done any of that stuff because we were so focused. And now, you know, our friends, we love them, but they're all still renting, mm -hmm. and we have multiple properties and our home, and and we live very very happy. So those are the you have to be willing to make sacrifices and i believe it's better to make those sacrifices in the younger years everybody's like oh no you got to travel while you're young because when you're old you're not going to enjoy it well i'm going to be 27 years old i still have a whole life to live but my foundation is built and i get to live i don't want to stay completely stress-free because i'm not stress-free right. but what i will say is that i live comfortably and i have everything that i need and if i want something we're able to to get it because we were disciplined in the earlier years discipline is key and so you actually answered the question i was going to highlight to the point of 
how is it that wife is stay-at-home mom? Because you kind of touched on it and I wanted to bring you back. So you completely highlighted this, the discipline, the sacrifice. And yes. I really like, I don't really, I'm not fond of the word sacrifice because I feel like it's more of an investment into something. It's, um, it was an investment, 100%. Yeah, I like that word more better. Of an investment from her side, emotionally, right, mentally, and physically to, to say, no, I'm going to hold it down with you, Alfred. I'm all, <laughs> you know, despite what my friends are saying, despite what family's saying, and 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 that is like a personal challenge to, to know and feel, right? This mind, body, spirit says you do deserve more, but right now what you're seeing, you don't see it. Yeah. And then having to wait. And then now you go, oh, and I just love what you said, because depending on the culture and the generations, it's you work all your life and then you retire, right? And what we're doing is we're kind of flipping that whole idea on its head and saying, why why would I do it that way when I've got all my good energy, my, all my mental faculties, right? To be able to do these things and put a plan into play and execute that. That's why I always talk about goals on the show when I say we're in first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. We're time blocking of really how to, eat this elephant, if you will, right? And it's bite by bite. You don't get to the bigger picture by saying, I'm just going to magically save all this money. It comes in the small steps of what you said, which is date night is not going to be extravagant all the time, right? You're not going to get the fancy purses and the red bottoms and, you know. <laughs> this yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it it was only for a short time. Because I told, like, my, my wife is two years younger than me. So I'm 26 right now. She's 24. What 24-year-old in 2023 owns a home in a very nice neighborhood, owns apartments, you know, gets to stay home if they want to, because she wants to right now, right? Yeah. Um, and also has the red bottoms, the nice clothes, right? And we can go have an expensive dinner if we want to. The thing is that we also did a lot of work together as far as like meditation, things of that nature. And so we removed a lot of ego mm. and the things that we thought we once needed, we realized we don't need them. You know, we, we would much rather stay home with our daughter than have someone come babysit her so that we can go on a date night. We love spending time with our daughter. We love watching her and she's the happiest baby ever. And I 100% believe that the only reason she's that much of a happy baby is because she has mom with her yeah, at home, making sure that all her needs are met. Yeah. Nobody can take care of your baby like you can. And so I really wanted her to be able to do that, at least for the first year. Well, the first year is up and she's enjoying herself. I said, take another year. You know, like, like we don't need, we're fine. Yeah. We're fine. And so like, it, it really matters that whoever you choose to start a life with that they support you and, and that they acknowledge that now, like I said, there, there are people that try to get in your ears sometimes and they try to turn. And then sometimes, you know, they start to convince you and then it creates a little bit of tension at home, but you just, you ride the wave and you, if you really focus on not allowing external voices in and just focusing on, on each other and, and focusing on the mission together, then you make it through, you know? That's awesome. and, and like I said, I'm 26, she's 24. We still have a whole life to live. And, but the future is kind of set, you know, yeah. like the, those properties, 
will be paid off, you know, before we're 50. Right, exactly. <laughs> passive, and then that's passive income. And then now my daughter, and if we have more kids, will not have to start from zero like we did. Mm. Right. So they they won't have to. I one thing that I that I want to really see change within this next generation in the Latino community is the idea that you know Latinos say yo batallé, ellos tienen que batallar. Right. Um, I don't I don't like that mentality at all. My parents right. are they, they don't have that mentality at all. Their whole thing is they wanted us to start off better than they did, and they made sure that happened. My parents had you know nothing as kids they they very limited and and with us they gave us everything everything we wanted like i i cannot uh, anything that i wanted as a kid at at one point i ended up getting it and it yeah. was because my parents really wanted us to have the things that we wanted and then when i turned 18 my mom told me okay now it's your turn to continue giving yourself everything you want mm. so i was like okay let's do it and and i've been i've been doing it ever since um, my dad was the one that was more like, you got to sacrifice, like you got to know that you, you, you got to be disciplined on, and, and my dad is the type that he can be happy with very little. And so he inspired me, <laughs> he inspired me to be happy with little. And well, I still, I mean, I give myself like los lujos de la vida, right? I still right. allow myself to have fun, but I'm very careful with what i consider fun like for me i can have fun going like with my sisters and my brother to go have one drink or two drinks and sing karaoke somewhere right oh. whereas other people their fun is oh i'm gonna go on a trip and spend you know a lot of money me it's like i i enjoy spending time with my family we're very close family. so those are luxuries for me being yeah. able to invest time with my family that that's what i like um, so my dad was the one that inspired that. My mom, she's a little more like if she wants a nice bag, she's gonna get the nice bag. If she wants a nice trip, she's gonna go on a nice trip. If she wants a nice car, she's gonna get a nice car. My dad is more like, I'm gonna be happy, um, you know, singing, we'll do karaoke night at their house, singing karaoke with my kids. Yeah. Or, you know, having a, having a beer while watching the game. Right. You know, like, so it's like my dad teaches me to be happy with with the simple things in life. My mom teaches me to spoil yourself because you work hard. And right. then my wife inspires me to work on being patient because I'm a very impatient person and I want it. I want it now. And right. she's got to just, you know, and so she's yeah. she's really good at that. And then people like you inspire me to give back to my community by coming on and sharing the things that I've learned because you have this amazing platform where you get to share all of your knowledge. I feel like more professionals should really do that because what what's the point of holding all of this? We, we, we don't get anything by just holding it. The way that we can even earn more and make more money is if we share our secrets with people so that they can go and out and become investors too and then use us as their, as their trusted professionals. Absolutely. So to that, great segue and thank you for that. Because <laughs> um, I've been, I, in fact, our next uh, agent training is going to be on podcasting. So I'm going mm -hmm. to be opening that box of mine and, and diving in. So we'll be kicking that off in April to what you were saying on professional. So using our professional in our experience, I now want for you to 
tap in and talk it and talk about the numbers so we can maybe talk have this really practical conversation you you threw out percentages but let's talk dollar amounts for people we are you know licensed california professionals so we know california markets but out of state and out of country those numbers will vary and i usually tell people if you feel like it's out of reach here start to build those connections and relationships out of state where um where it makes sense because again we just touched on passive income is passive income um, although it's kind of, I have this funny thing about passive, about when you're talking about rental portfolios, because property management, <laughs> you know, is still, you, you know, responding to the text of something leak broken. I need the grass cut. I don't know how passive that is. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's talk some numbers. You mentioned about being a 1099 um, entrepreneur, independent contractor. When it comes to taxes, this is one thing that I share with people, especially if you are doing it now. I just want to touch, just let people know right now, you are filing your taxes. I was overhearing a conversation with someone trying to get the most refund. And so what that means, folks, is you are going to deduct a lot of expenses against the income that you reported that you said you earned for the year. Now, I I will have Alfred touch on this. There's a three-letter word on your tax return called AGI that stands for your adjusted gross income that your lender, who's your partner in financing, is looking at. Yep. Talk to us about the numbers, Alfred. (laughs) It happens so many times when a business owner comes and it's like, I want to buy this, you know, million dollar home. And I look at their taxes and they're like, oh yeah, I make, you know, 400, 500,000. I'm like, great. And then I look at that number that you just mentioned, and they actually only made 60. Like, well, what do you mean? This number right here says 400,000. I'm like, yes. And this big minus sign right here, (laughs) where you deduct all of this, and now you only make 60,000. So with $60,000 in the state of California, where the market is right now, you're you're, you're not going to be able to accomplish much. And the reason people do it is because they're trying to avoid, um, you know, paying taxes. Um, the reality is, is if you are a 1099 employee or, or if you're an independent contract, you're, you're 1099, you're an independent contractor. If you're a business owner and you want to qualify someday for purchasing property, you need to, you need to pay taxes. You need to report income right. and you need to, you need to be careful with the deductions that you report and you need to make sure that after those deductions that you're still making a decent amount of, of money. Yes. You're going to have to pay taxes. It's, it's, it's just part of, it's part of the game. We all have to pay our fair share of taxes. When you do so though, you empower yourself um, to qualify for that dream home that you want to buy for you and your family. So it, it's, it's another investment. It's an, an investment in your future really um, because then you're able to qualify. By the way, business owners, if you're buying a single family residence um, and you use a conventional loan, 5% down, I can do it with one year's taxes. So I don't want to give any tips there, but one year taxes is what I'm going to look at. Um, and then for the rest, we'll ask your CPA to just write a letter to verify that you've been in, um, self-employed for five years. That's wow. it. Wow. Major, major tip right there. See, so business yeah, I won't guide you on what to do there, but Alfred there. Years, you can do it one year's taxes, 5% down. That's um, great. Listen, I think that's on, a single family, on a single family residence, 
Now on units, that that 5% down program that I utilized, um, it went away in February of 2019. Now you need 20% minimum. And then if it's three or four units, I believe it's 25, 30% minimum. Um, so the, the program's changed now. I do believe with this changing market, I want to pray and believe, and I'm trying to manifest that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will bring back that program of 5% down. I think that it would really change the game. It would bring a lot of people back into the market. However, that's not my decision to make, right? So, but I do think that it would be extremely beneficial, especially in, in this LA market, Southern California. I think right. that it would be perfect and it's the perfect time to do so. But, you know, we have to wait on, on them to, to do that. Right. So I wanted to um, so I wanted to revisit this comment on multifamily and investment in the programs. So just to just so that people aren't confused, because multifamily, small apartments, especially where you are, is going to be anywhere from two to four units, folks. So we're in that residential arena. If you yes. go five units or more, now you're doing commercial and that commercial commercial lending, whole nother beast and ball game, although it is fun. Um, and that's strictly the numbers like that. That for us is just spreadsheets, not about yeah. your emotion and how yeah. you like it. It's just spreadsheets <laughs> and, and write debt to service coverage. Right. The DS, right. <laughs> DSPRs right. is where we come into play with that. But I, I want to say I just want to share. I just want to just clarify because um, let's talk about owner occupancy with that. Like that's the ultimate house hack to getting that multifamily is, and I'm a lot of more of my clients with their 20 something year olds, cause they've already bought and they're like, Lisa, they got a 750 FICO What you let's, let's put them on. Mm -hmm. So you can have these programs and, and, and Alfred, I want you to share, just let them know what, like, what's the minimum down. Yes. We like the Freddie Fannie and home ready possible. FHA is still doing a great thing right now. Um, it's still, available the income yes. limits are higher right yes. yes so for fha if you do an fha loan you can get units with three and a half percent down up to four units three and a half percent down right fha why do i recommend it because one when you buy units first, I always recommend to people buy units first before you buy a single family residence. The reason that I recommend it is because when you're buying multifamily, a lot of people don't know this, you can use the income from the additional units to help you qualify for more. So let's say you're approved for 600,000, right? But now you're buying units, now your qualification is gonna jump up. You're buying a four unit building, the four unit building is maybe 900,000. Right. You'll still qualify for that building, even though you were approved for nine hundred thousand, because you get to use the income from three units. You live in one and you're going to collect rent on the other three. You can use seventy five percent of the income from those three of the combined income from those three units. Seventy five percent of it. You can use it to help you qualify for that loan. So that's why I recommend buying multifamily first, because sometimes when you're buying a, a single family residence, you don't really qualify so now you need to bring a co-signer if you don't want to use a co-signer look at multifamily as an option live in one unit rent the others you own the property and it's just yours that's for the people that don't want to have someone on title with them or don't want to have someone on the loan with them you could do that that's the reason that i bought multifamily first because i knew that i was able to qualify for more if i went into multifamily first and back then it was five percent down conventional and for conventional you can have multiple conventional loans for fha you can only have one at a time. So that's the that's the only 
the only, I would say, con, I guess. Yeah. But for conventional, it was every six months that you could buy. You only had to live there for six months and you could have multiple conventional loans. It didn't matter. And the reason I buy multifamily first also, this is another thing, is it covers itself. The mortgage covers itself, meaning you'll be able to qualify for another property. So I got everything out of my system. I bought every multifamily property I wanted to buy first. And then once I was ready to say, I don't need more right now, then I bought my home. Because now my home, that's my debt. I pay that, right? And I have to make sure that I'm able to make that payment. So, and the way mortgages are right now, you know, you can't, the rent probably wouldn't cover the whole mortgage. So now I'm taking a hit on my on my qualification, right? Where your debt to income ratio is what we call it, but I'm trying to keep it like simple terms for the people watching. Yeah, um, yeah, it's perfect. Irma Renee, Irma Renee says such great information. We want to thank you all who've been hanging oh, with us. Uh, listening and tuning in. Make sure if you have any questions or subjects you want to add to the discussion, this is the beautiful thing of catching us live, is that we get to have this in real time regarding something specific to what you're exploring or thinking of. Um, to what you were saying, so you hit everything that I, I was trusting that you would highlight, was yes, being clear on the FHA uh, in terms of one at a time, you can't go run out and do another loan, three FHA loan at another three and a half percent down. And and yes, there's different hacks with FHA, meaning what is it, a 60 miles kind of thing. But that talk, talk with the professional because there's regarding what your plans are. Right. Because I've had clients who has an FHA out of state and they could do it here and want to buy here. So yeah. there are like distance requirements. There are there are for every there's an exception to every rule. We'll talk about that off the air. So if any, <laughs> there's exceptions to every to every rule, but just generally speaking, that's the rule. You can have one FHA loan, um, and yeah. The, but there are there are exceptions, and I would love to if anybody has questions on those, and and we can connect with Lisa and myself after. And, and yeah, yeah, Alfred, listen. Give them what number, what, what I didn't, I forgot to ask you your handle. So we're going to wrap this up because I just want to reiterate, or if, can you type it in and I'll just uh, plug it down there. So sure. one of the things that I want to recap for us in this discussion about loans and multifamily properties has been an important one because a lot of people are, when they say multifamily and three and a half percent, they're not talking about the debt service. They're not talking about that 75%. All, all, all my Instagram and TikTok gurus are not telling you the facts of these loan products. And so you jump in there and then you realize, oh, kind of hard for me to find that, especially in a market where those rents may not be to current market value. Okay, so it, it will require some creativity, might have to negotiate some cash for keys, relocation money, get some tenants out. But that's why you've got to work with the team that knows how to structure it in a way to make that loan product work for you. So um, Alfred has been very generous that he will allow me to provide his contact so you can reach yes. Alfred. Um, the, the one thing that I want to say, and I'll do this while, while you're you're sharing my, my contact info, yep. is the, the big thing that has been instrumental for um, my success, my family's success in investing is not paying so much attention to um, the outside voices. I wanted to buy a property, and mm -hmm. when I talked to a couple of people about it, 
they were trying to discourage me. And it's important to understand that people mean well when they do this. They really do. I, at least I like to believe that people have good intentions, you know, for the, for the most part. But you have to understand sometimes you're talking to somebody or somebody that's giving you advice is coming from a, a defeated part of their spirit. And you can't allow that in because the thought of wanting to be an investor, that's a good thought to have. The thought of wanting to build passive income, that's a good thought to have. And if you have the dream to be a property owner, you should be one. You should become one. So you shouldn't allow those those defeated spirits to come and bring down your champion spirit. You have to understand that you, you got to take the risk sometime and sometimes you're going to do it with with opposition like people are not going to are, are are not going to support your idea that's what i did that's why i kept my stuff a secret and i and i started buying property and now i mean when i bought that building in maywood i bought that building just to give an example for 560 when i first bought it i was bleeding 163 dollars a month okay because the rents were very low on that property 560 was the was the purchase price 183 dollars is what i was bleeding every month and people said, you're dumb. You shouldn't have bought that. When Before, you shouldn't buy it. And then after, you shouldn't have bought that. And now that property appraised for $950. It's only three years later. Um, the property appraised for $950. We're making passive income monthly because we have new tenants. We've made some, some fixes to the property. The rents have gone up, right? We're making passive income on that property. And everybody's like, wow, I should have bought. Because everybody back then was telling me the market's going to crash, the market's going to crash. Well, the market still hasn't crashed, right? So <laughs> you have to, you have to be willing sometimes to push through and and do whatever it is you're trying to do anyway. Um, I think that's the biggest thing in life. And and then the other thing that you got to understand is every blessing comes with a burden, um, and you have to want them both. They come together, so you have to want them both. The blessing of being a landlord comes with the burden of having to to deal with with repairs to deal with sometimes you know tenants being late in rent to deal sometimes with you know problems in the property that you have to go resolve you have to want them both everybody wants the benefit of everything but they're not that's the other problem that we have in my generation is everybody just wants the blessings in life but every blessing comes with the burden the blessing of being a business owner comes with the burden of having to you know manage the business you have you have to want them both so push through and take the risk and accept the burden that comes with the blessing those that's my biggest advice to everybody alfred you're amazing man you're amazing and i won't even say anything else but say thank you you have wrapped us up perfectly you're sending us off with knowing that we should want two things the blessing and the burden because they come together and i'm i'm I've, I've put that right here. So thank you. That was a great reminder, especially as I'm looking at, you know, the business aspect and the things that yeah. you guys talked about offline. And I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm in school and I'm pushing yeah. through. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> pushing through. So exactly. oh my goodness. thank you yeah. so much for inviting me, for having me as a guest. I am still so honored. I was telling everybody here in this office how excited I was to finally be able to be on this podcast. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you Absolutely. to everybody watching. And if there's ever another topic that you'd like for me to come cover, I would be more than happy to. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Desiree knowledge. Desiree Johnson is one of my dear friends and repeat client repeat, by the way, repeat client. 
Uh, she says, knowledge is power. And Desiree knows I like to add an application of that knowledge is wisdom, my friends. Amen. With that, I say, have a powerful and productive week. We'll see you next time on another information-packed episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate. Take care, guys. Be well.